Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. I'm Dan Newton, a tax partner in BDO's National Tax Office and the ASC 740 Income Tax Accounting Technical Practice Leader for the firm. Today, I am talking with Nathan Goldman, Assistant Professor of Accounting at North Carolina State University and one of the co-authors of a recently released research study that we will be talking about today titled Board Risk Oversight and Corporate Tax Planning Practices. Or to put it simply, when board members get involved, corporate tax burden goes down. Nathan earned his PhD in accounting from the University of Arizona, and in addition to his teaching, also focuses his research efforts on corporate taxation. Nathan, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining me today to discuss the findings from the study looking at board risk oversight and its impact on companies' tax burden. Start off, the research shows that when board members get involved in understanding the tax strategy and tax risk of the company, corporate burdens go down, corporate tax burdens go down. What is the background for this study and where did the idea for this research come from? So first of all, thanks so much for having me today. And uh, a little bit about this research idea. It was first generated by two of my co-authors, Christine Llewellyn, who is here at North Carolina State University with me, and Michelle McAllister, who's at Northern Arizona University. And they were interested in this notion of how does board member involvement affect tax plan practices? At this point, they got the other two members of the project involved, Mark Beasley, who is the Director of Enterprise Risk Management Institute at NC State University. And he's kind of regarded as the lean expert in risk assessment and risk oversight practices among corporations. And myself, who has several research papers on the topics of corporate taxation and tax avoidance. As we came together, we began to hypothesize that board risk oversight and thus board involvement could lead to a more, to say, optimal level of tax plan activities from the perspective of the board and shareholders. That is, we began to hypothesize that board risk oversight would be associated with lower effective tax rates as well as less volatile tax rates. Right. Uh, that's interesting. How were you able to determine the current level of board's involvement in tax based on the information analyzed? So again, much of this credit is going to go to a couple of my co-authors, Christine and Michelle, who actually hand collected a significant amount of data to be able to formulate our measurement of board risk oversight. So effective February 28th, 2010, the SEC requires the board to disclose in its annual proxy statement its involvement in the oversight of corporate risk taking within the firm. The SEC proxy statement enforcement requirement is rather vague and not prescriptive, but it seems to suggest that information such as how the board views its risk oversight role, how often it manages risk, and how it monitors risk should be discussed in those proxy statements. So we reviewed the COSO thought leadership papers to get a greater understanding of what would be the best practices for the board's engagement in these risk management processes. And in doing so, we're able to develop a measure of risk oversight robustness. So how how robust are those risk oversight practices? Uh, and we use the term robustness following the COSO uh, recommendations to describe the effectiveness of their processes. 
And we propose that companies disclosing risk oversight practices that are in line with these best practices should have a more robust or effective risk oversight process. Following the COSO publication, we, put, we did break these out into the four categories of first, understanding the entity's risk philosophy and concur with the entity's risk appetite. Second, to know the extent of which management has established effective enterprise risk management of the organization. Uh, third, to review the entity's portfolio of risk and consider it against the entity's risk appetite. And fourth, to be apprised of the most significant risk and whether management is responding appropriately. So using those four categories, we were able to determine uh, to what extent the robustness of the management's risk oversight processes are. Great, that's interesting. Uh, at a high level, the conclusion of the study that when board members get involved, corporate burden goes down, may seem apparent to many board members. What were some of the surprise conclusions that were identified from the research? So in our analysis, we were able to point towards some of the mechanism in which board risk oversight affects tax plan activities. We are a bit surprised to see the relation between board risk oversight and tax plan activities is only present for the permanent positions or the permanent book tax differences rather than, the, rather than both the permanent and the temporary positions. While there's some literature that would suggest board would be interested in, per, in permanent book tax differences more than temporary book tax differences, we kind of expected to see just a larger effect for permanent rather than no effect for the temporary. So this result goes to show the emphasis that the board has on tax positions that generate a book benefit. Well, that ties right into the next question. So one of the main findings from the study is that companies with the highest level of risk oversight experience 31% lower gap effective tax rate volatility and 13.2% lower gap effective tax rates when compared to other compared to companies with the lowest level of risk oversight. So how is this relationship identified from the research performed? We performed our analysis using empirical archival research methods. We specifically collected data from firms' financial statements using the CompuSet database and then merged this data with that hand-collected data set on board risk oversight. Uh, from there, we were left with 1,659 firm year observations representing 522 of the Russell 1000 index firms. And from there, we used uh, the ordinary least squares regression techniques to draw our inferences on the relation between board risk oversight and effective tax plan activities. Um, a lot of that is just to say we did a simple regression, uh, but we did use the publicly disclosed data that's available in firms' financial statements to be able to get to that. Right. I know from my own personal experience, prior to joining BDO back in 2016, I worked in the tax department of a major medical device manufacturer in their income tax accounting group. And our chief tax officer regularly presented to the board of directors on tax strategy and initiatives underway. So I was lucky enough to work for a company that was proactive in tax planning. And the job of the income tax accounting group was to make sure that the tax results were properly reflected on the balance sheet and the income statement. While the company's tax strategy did result in lower effective tax rates, the benefit was not being entirely offset by the recording of FIN48 reserves or uncertain tax positions. Can you comment on tax uncertainties in relation to the findings from the study? Uh, yes, yeah, so consistent with firms with robust board risk oversight having lower ETR volatility, we also provide evidence that they have lower current year additions to their UTBs, as well as lower UTB penalties relative to those firms without the robust risk oversight. Uh, one explanation of this is that board risk oversight on tax matters also effectively helps firms select tax plan activities that are more likely to be held upon IRS audits, so meeting that more likely than not threshold, and thereby not requiring as large of a UTB reserve. But we cannot say for certain uh, that this is actually going on. However, this explanation would be consistent with 
other concurrent academic studies that also kind of opine on this uh, lower lowering of the tax uncertainties. Right. Uh, so, which ties into the uh, next question as well about risk. I can see that one of the key thoughts in the study that managing risk does not equate to avoiding all risk, but rather ensuring that the company takes reasonable risk. And that would fit squarely, square nicely with this. Do you agree? I definitely agree with that statement. And this is really a central tenant to the enterprise risk management framework in that a firm that takes no risk at all may actually be in worse shape financially than a firm that takes a couple too many risks. Uh, there is a happy medium out there and the ERM framework is designed to help identify those and assess those risks. And we believe that taxes are just one of those uh, risks, a part of the company's greater risk profile that uh, you don't want to take no risk. You just want to take the right amount of risk that's going to help maximize both your position as well as your productivity. Right. The conclusion of the study is that board members should be getting involved with the tax risk of the companies they serve on a continual basis. Additional research conducted by BDO as part of our annual board survey notes that there is room for improvement in board members' understanding of their company's tax strategy and tax profile. I know tax is such a unique specialty the area. Are we expecting board members to become tax experts? I, the answer would be that would be great if they could all become tax experts. Of course, uh, that's a little tougher than, uh, than it could actually seem. However, having tax experts that are part of the board and having them exert some due diligence and provide suggestions on how the, the firm can help navigate these complex issues on behalf of shareholders is something that uh, would, would be very beneficial to the firm's overall tax practices. So while it'd be great if all the executives suddenly just had this great tax expertise, I think we know that that unlikely to just magically happen overnight, but there is ways that they could start getting more executives involved that do have that expertise and relying on them for their for their influence and expertise. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, for all the board members that are listening, what are some steps that they can take and what questions should they be asking in their roles? Yeah, so I think board members should attempt to have an understanding of what the firm's main tax planning activities are. So, for example, why is the firm just not paying 21% on their taxes? As well as which of these strategies are generating significant risk or significant uncertainty? And those can be identified by trying to triangulate what the positions are that are lowering their tax rates and seeing which ones are also appearing as these unrecognized tax benefits or these UTBs. Uh, obtaining documentation and understanding what the upside and downside uh, benefits of these activities may open up the discussion forum for them to become, for the executive, become more involved in decisions uh, that have influence on the firm's tax plan activities in a positive way. Uh, lastly, uh, uh, November is coming up pretty quickly. So what are some unique issues that board members should consider in relation to their company's tax profile in, conjun in conjunction with the upcoming U.S. presidential election? So I, I do have an opinion on this, that it, it may be less of a jump for this upcoming presidential election relative to the last presidential election where uh, Donald Trump was running on a campaign of a significant tax reform. And we did see that actually happen. Uh, in general, the, the presidential tax plans and strategies are generally out there for people to read. And something like the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 was a monumental change in tax policy. I do not really expect another change of that magnitude. However, a change that may be something to keep a close eye on it are all these stimulus acts that are being passed. Um, so in general, these stimulus acts like the CARES Act is very tax driven. Uh, for example, a change to NOL carryback rules as well as a loan forgiveness stipulations, among several other things that connect to the corporate tax law. 
Board members should be paying attention to these stimulus acts and ensuring that their firms are receiving what they're entitled to and what these benefits are, because that could be a big difference in terms of the overall profitability as well as the organization structure that they have for their financials for this year and these coming years ahead. Right, absolutely. So Nathan, I want to thank you very much for your time and insights on this research. And uh, again, thanks for your talk today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash bdo knows governance.